Welcome to the Never Too Early Fantasy Football Podcast, where it is never too early for fantasy football. My name is Jeff. And I'm Alex. As always, thank you for downloading, listening, liking, and commenting on our podcast videos. Please join our community by subscribing to us on the socials. Our handle on all platforms is at N2E Fantasy. We are also available on all major podcasting apps by searching N2E Fantasy. Alex, what do we have on today's show? Today's show is the Week 11 recap. So we will be going over all of the Week 11 games, and we will be talking about any points of interest. We will be covering the news from that week, as well as covering the injuries and any kind of potential insight over what we learned. So we can get started with the Thursday night matchup, which was the Bengals at Ravens. And this wasn't uh, the matchup that we'd hoped for since Joe Burrow went out in the first half. But Jeff, why don't you take this over? I think there are more injuries as well. Oh boy, we lost, as you mentioned, Joe Burrow, Mark Andrews, Lamar was down for a bit there. And moving a little bit away from injuries here, there was the Flowers touchdown that should have been a touchdown. I can see Lamar feeding him into the next game to make this right. So that is something that is a possibility. Um, And then I do see what you see now with Beckham. And I think that he will continue to take on the Andrews role. And basically his role could continue to grow the rest of the season now that mark andrews does appear to be out for the rest of the regular season now i know that they left it with the off chance that he could come back for the postseason but it's just an off chance in my opinion i do for all intent and purposes i would not bank on starting him at all right now all right anything i missed on that matchup uh, you correctly picked the ravens i uh, had picked the Bengals. i mean a lot of that was predicated on some you know, Joe Burrow being out for half of it, but Mark Andrews did get hurt. We, like you said, we did see Lamar Jackson have an ankle injury for a hot minute, but he played through it. Ultimately, Ravens came up on top. So you got that one right. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, and I don't want to be a spoiler alertist here, but I think that that's going to be a theme this week. So we'll move on to the next matchup where we both did get correct. The Cardinals at the Texans. What were some of the things that you took away in this matchup? So the Cardinals made a game of it. And this was the first multi-interception week for C.J. Stroud. They still kept firing, though, and they ended up getting the win, especially with a game winner with Tank Dell. So the connection there is pretty strong with the two rookies, Stroud to Tank Dell. Um, I think that Kyler is starting to get fired up a little bit. So we'll see if that continues on into week 12. I'm not ready to declare him the for sure starter for the Cardinals next year because I don't I don't know that yet. But if you play strong for the rest of the year, it makes them consider different options with the draft other than quarterback. So we'll see. Um, right now, two weeks in a row that the Texans had a strong run game. And again, it's Singletary with Damian Pierce out. And it might be Singletary even when Damian Pierce comes back. So he had his first back-to-back over 100 yards rushing of his career. So Singletary looks great. Uh, the run blocking scheme looks much better. I hope that this is a trend that continues. Jeff, how do you feel about this? Your boy Stroud with the three picks. Some of those throws did not look very good. Especially I don't know if you're in the end zone. Yeah, I don't know if you knew this, but he was in the MVP conversation before this. Things like that would quickly get a person taken out of the MVP conversation. I did notice a real connection with Tank Dell. I don't know. I don't know if Collins is 100%. Brown's not out there. I don't really know how. This all shakes out when they get all three plus Woods and Schultz out there. I don't know how this shakes out, to be honest. Like, I'm I'm nervous about the receiving core because it could be a week-to-week lottery pick. Much to my chagrin, we did talk about this a lot in the offseason, but it does appear Singletary is the lead back that the Texans need. And 
I know we had a lot of back and forth about Singletary and Pierce in the off season, and uh, it does appear that I will be taking a victory lap at the end of the season on this one. But uh, we do have what seven weeks left of football, so you have seven weeks left to be right. Okay. Well, we can move on now to the Bears at Lions. Another one where we both got correct, both took the Lions. Jeff, this was your lock it up pick, and it came down to the wire. How are you feeling throughout this matchup? So in one of my survivor pools, it came down to me picking the Lions, and everyone else picked the Commanders. And we'll get to the Commanders game later, but this game had me on the edge of my seat. And... Let's just uh, say that the Lions did win this matchup. This was the game of the week because I believe the Lions won with, what, 19 seconds or so left in the game. Um, It's probably the loudest I've ever shouted during a game that wasn't like the Carolina Panthers. So there was that. Um, Fields did look decent in his return. I think he only had 100 and some odd yards passing. So he's going to have to he's going to have to start passing more and better. So we'll see if he can actually do that. Goff turned the ball over a lot. And this is a guy that had a no interception streak entering the season. And uh, he, he, I believe he threw three interceptions in this game, which each one of them give, gave me a different heart attack. So, and it looks like DJ Moore is back. It does appear they have a true connection. He did throw a nice bomb touchdown to DJ Moore. And then Monty and Gibbs, they do appear to be splitting touches relatively even, but I do believe they're both startable at this point. Anything I missed in this matchup, Alex? Uh, no, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, Jamison Williams, although didn't reflect that much in the stat board, I think that this was definitely the best week of his career so far in the NFL, and he looks like he's improving on his blocking, on his routes, so I hope that that continues for him. But the past two games, two of my favorite quarterbacks, three interceptions, the, the past two matchups that we just discussed. Hopefully that stops with this week, and uh, Goff and Stroud both play better next week all right so we can move on to the next matchup where we had the cowboys at the panthers we both got this game right too alex what were some of your takeaways from this matchup oh it was kind of the beatdown that uh, i expected because the cowboys play very well against uh, a bottom dwelling team and i didn't think that carolina would stack up against that defense very well it's unfortunate for bryce young it's still his rookie year and I think it's unusual for rookies to be spectacular their first season, especially quarterbacks. So hopefully they can get that turned around for next year. I just don't see it improving much for the rest of the year. Though I think they have a little bit of a bounce back matchup next week against the Titans. We'll see if that pans out, but Dak looked okay. They didn't really need him to to shoulder the load that much in this matchup. Pollard just had 12 rushes, but made uh, the most of it. The passing game didn't, really put up the fantasy stats that we would typically want for the Cowboys. So Brandon Cooks leading as the receiver there in yardage was interesting with just 42 yards. TD Lamb owners have to be a little bit disappointed, but a Luke Schoonmaker touchdown sighting. So maybe the rookie could supplant Jake Ferguson at some point. Uh, I don't think it's quite yet, but that's pretty much it there. Adam Thielen did Adam Thielen things, and he was the lone bright spot for the Panthers. So uh, I completely agree with you. Jake Ferguson is in jeopardy for being replaced. Uh, if not this year, potentially next year, just something to look out for. I know you scoop Shoemaker in a dynasty league when he was cut earlier this year. So that might turn out to be a really good scoop up, but here's the thing. I think Sanders and Hubbard are, are, are now splitting carries. So Hubbard was the starter for a bit and Sanders earlier in the season was a starter a bit. So 
I don't believe Carolina has their answer at running back post CMC here, but some of that's from the passing game. Um, Pollard, 12 carries, one touchdown, which does equate to a bounce back. 12 carries is still a little bit lower than I would want. And from my perspective, Carolina did keep it close through three quarters. So they are a team that does keep a game relatively close, but then in the end, the Cowboys blew them out after scoring with a pick six, scoring a touchdown, then a pick six right after that. So the right team won this matchup. I don't know how much there's else to say about this matchup, but we both got it correct. Okay. We can move on to the next matchup on the list. And that was the Chargers at Packers. And Jeff, we got both of these. We both got this wrong. So... A uh, little surprising that the Packers won this. What did you think of this matchup? And how do you feel as a Justin Herbert fan about the Chargers situation? Another great game. This one was lost by the Chargers, more specifically on the Quentin Johnston drop late. In the end, I, I, I'm i sure you saw this, Staley's press conference. Is it time for the Chargers to fire Staley? My answer to that is emphatically Yes. The defense isn't well coached, and it's his side of the football. The side that's actually great is Herbert. Herbert looks great. Love surprisingly looks really good in this game as well, and I think that says a little bit more about the Chargers' defense that I was just saying. And then Keenan Allen was excellent as well, outside of that one drop in the end zone that hit him right in the chest, so he should have had a second touchdown. But yeah, I I don't know if the sun was in his eyes in that particular moment, but uh, was not one of Keenan Allen's best moments, but he did come back with a touchdown a little bit later. Anything I was missing from picking out in that matchup? Any injuries? So I don't know about injuries. Uh, I don't particularly, nothing stands out to me for injury wise, but it was definitely a day of drops for all of the wide receivers with the Chargers. Like you said, Keenan Allen had two or two or three drops, which is very uncharacteristic of him. One of them, like you said, was a touchdown where it didn't seem like he could see the ball very well. So it might've been the, the shading and, in that particular stadium, but Quentin Johnston never fails that he has some blatant drops each week. Um, it's nice that you acknowledged it first before, before I did, but I, I just, I am so unimpressed with him, especially with all of the rookie wide receivers that seem to be lighting it up this year. He's the like lone disappointment, which blows my mind. Um, I, I don't know what to do with him. Um, I know I avoided him because I didn't, I didn't like how his game film looked when I was, uh, prepping for the the draft, but I, I think that he has proved the case that I'm just going to stick to my guns and I'm not going to uh, put people higher than I think that they actually should be just because other people like them more than I do. So I'm so when someone like him comes up for this next draft, I'm not going to put him in my top anything because I, I didn't think that he was worthy of it. So I'm just going to stick to my guns going forward. Chargers should have won this game. Kudos to Green Bay for capitalizing on Chargers' mistakes. Uh, I don't think Green Bay turned the ball over at all. So kudos for them. They won the turnover battle, and sometimes that's what it comes down to. Unfortunately for for Green Bay, Aaron Jones did go down. Um, I thought that Christian Watson looked a little bit healthier, looked a little bit better, but he's completely outshined by Dontavian Wicks and Romeo Dobbs and Jaden Reed. So it's hard to, to even give him any kind of notice at all. Tucker Craft almost had a touchdown in this matchup. I know you liked him a little bit more than Musgrave in our draft prep, so that's something to keep an eye on as well, but I think that that's it for me. We can move on whenever you're ready. Yeah, just the last thing, Aaron Jones. We don't know how much time he's going to miss, and we will see. I think in the I think the backup running back, not Dylan, but uh, also got injured in this matchup as well. But in the meantime, I guess you can start AJ Dylan, and I don't really say that super confident, but you can go ahead and start him. Okay, another matchup that both of us got correct: the Raiders at Dolphins. 
So we both picked the Dolphins. They won. But, man, did the Raiders make it a close game. And there were times I thought the Raiders were going to tie it up, potentially win. Ultimately, the score just stayed, stayed the same, 20 to 13, for a long stretch here. So we uh, eked that one out. Jeff, do you have anything on this matchup? A lot on this matchup, actually. As as you had mentioned, it was a close one, which was surprising, but not so surprising. It looks like the Raiders are going to be a tough matchup every week. Uh, Devonta Adams is back back. So it does seem like he is going to be the Fed target every week, which kind of hurts Myers a little bit. Uh, and Hill is having one of the most elite seasons ever by a wide receiver. He's at 12-22, and he's on pace for 2,077 yards, which is over the 2,000-yard mark that he wanted to get in a season. So it's within his grasp and on the horizon. Uh, we'll see if he actually gets there. But if he does, he's probably the number one or number two overall pick going into next year's fantasy drafts. Um, especially in redraft, especially in PPR. Um, A-chan returns, but hurts the same knee again. So Moster is back to a must start. And uh, yeah, I expect A-chan to miss at least this upcoming Friday. But uh, yeah, we get our very first Friday game, in case anyone is wondering here. Um, but uh, I think Moster is back to being a must start, and we will see what that means going forward. Anything I missed on this matchup? Glad we both picked the Dolphins. Yeah, I think I think that's it. So now we can move on to the Giants at Washington. This is when we both picked Washington, and the, the Giants upset Washington pretty big. So they ended up winning 31-19, to 19, which is a little bit shocking. For me, Jeff, the big head-scratcher here is Washington not really getting the ball to what I consider their big receiving playmakers. So Terry McLaren. Um, Jahan Dodson, I don't feel like they had enough involvement. And I know that Curtis Samuel got tossed out. Uh, he got ejected along with a Giants defender earlier on in the game. So he didn't really step up either. So I was expecting a little bit more from those guys, and it didn't happen. Whereas Darius Slayton ended up stealing the show for the Giants as well as Tommy DeVito. What do you make of this matchup? And Tommy DeVito's three touchdowns, zero turnovers. So what I make up of this matchup is there was a ton of commander turnovers, and that is a reason why the Giants won this game. Without those six turnovers, they do not win this game. Uh, any other football team is not going to get to give up six turnovers. It feels like the Lions gave up six turnovers, give or take a little bit also. So that also, as we mentioned earlier, that was my survivor pick. Everyone here, everyone else picked the commanders. So I was rooting for the commanders to lose during this matchup and it did work out. And I won my very first survivor league because of this, but geez, those two games side by side had me on the edge of my seat, which is amazing. Looking at this game from a objective lens here, turnovers by Washington are the story in this one. DeVito with the three TDs, Howell had the three INTs and then Barkley goes off. So for me, Looking at this as a team that's watching the tape on this one tells me that you just need to reel in Barkley and you should be fine with defeating the Giants. And I think uh, a coach kind of like I think the Giants play the Patriots next week. I think uh, a coach like Bill Belichick would be really good at taking away a weapon like uh, Barkley. So we'll see what happens there. But that would be my my guess. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the next matchup, the Steelers at the Browns. This is one that uh, I think we both thought would be kind of a coin flip, a coin flip here, but you picked the Browns correct. I picked the Steelers. And for me, I think it's impressive that the Browns can roll out their third-string quarterback, the rookie, 
DTR, and that they beat the Steelers, who are still with their starting quarterback, Kenny Pickett. I, I just think that <laughs> says it all about Kenny Pickett as a quarterback and Matt Canada as the play caller that they would lose to the Browns in that kind of situation. But what were your takeaways in this matchup? This matchup was painful to watch. We thought Watson was going to play going into last week, and it would have been a much better matchup. DTR got the start. I know you're higher on him than most. Yeah, I I think Pickett's painfully bad. I think Warren is electric, but his touches, even though how he's the starter, the starter, as Dr. Evil would say, he is getting equal touches with Harris, so it's just more of a ceremonial starter role right now. But he did do more with his touches than Harris did. And then it does seem that DTR has better chemistry with Moore than he does with Cooper, which is a little concerning for Cooper owners going forward. But Alex, this was another one that I got right, and and unfortunately you got incorrect. Jeff's just happy that it went back and forth. So I, I got a lot last week that he didn't, and this week he, he got a lot that I didn't. So he's just happy. He's just riding high. That's fine, Jeff. Enjoy your victory laps. We'll see how it goes next week. But I, I'm just... At this point, I don't believe in the Browns as a true playoff contender. They might end up in the playoffs. I just don't buy them as a team that is going to do anything once they hit the playoffs. And the Steelers, the Steelers should be so much better than what they are. They they have the weaponry. I like both Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. I think they're both going to be successful for you as fantasy owners to use in your, your roster. I'm just very disappointed that George Pickens and Deontay Johnson aren't utilized more. I know Firemouth just came back from IR, and I hope that you know, he's going to be used more as a weapon, but with Kenny Pickett throwing the football and Matt Canada calling the plays, I just, I, I don't see them being successful until something changes. They either, they fire Matt Canada, they bench Kenny Pickett for Trubisky. I don't know what the best situation is because one of the, the better quarterback options in free agency was your boy, Carson Wentz, and he might've been a better fit for the Steelers than who's on the roster but now he's backing up Stafford so that's off the table I don't know I don't know what else they could do I don't know what they could reach out to Cam Newton although I don't know if that would light up the passing element of it I don't know Tom Brady doesn't seem like he'll come back for the Steelers I don't think he's going to come back to play at all I know we've talked offline about potentially the Bengals as as an option for Tom Brady I just don't think that it's likely Um, so I think the Steelers are stuck what do you think that they can do to, to change it up do you think that the Steelers can improve? Do you think they can do anything to improve their situation? No, not at all. They have to move off of Pickett. They have to. Like, he's mediocre at best. All right. Well, I guess we can move on. We can start talking about the teams that we got right, Jeff. So we can talk about the Titans at Jaguars. We both picked the Jaguars, and we both were rewarded. The Jaguars dominated that matchup, 34-14. to 14, And it looks like Calvin Ridley is back, at least for a week. Jeff, are you rejoicing? Are you putting them back in your lineup? How did you feel about this matchup? So I benched Ridley this week at your request or yeah, your it was advice. Not at my request. I asked you and you said, no, I'm keeping him on the bench. <laughs> Don't put that evil so, on me, Bobby. <laughs> no, basically all I'm saying is I think Ridley's back and I think you need to start him going forward. You need to take the good with the bad. Levis, as we talked offline, may not be the answer at quarterback. And Henry's still not getting enough work in this offense. Like this, he needs work in this offense to do damage and he's just not getting that right now and some of it is the game script gets screwed up and out of whack and yeah anything i missed on that matchup no i i think that's it makes me wonder why they didn't trade henry at the trade deadline i was thinking about this the other day and i know we haven't talked about this exact scenario here if they traded henry or hopkins or any of the other veterans and you put levis out there it kind of puts them in a bryce young situation 
you're not going to figure out what you have with him with less talent. You need to have that yeah. talent around him to figure out what he is. You'd be in a Carolina situation otherwise. I guess. Well, we'll see. All right. Well, we can try to move on here to the next matchup, which we also got correct, and that was Buccaneers at 49ers. Both of us picked the 49ers, and they looked pretty awesome. Uh, the, they won 27-14, but it seemed like they could have won 50-14. to Jeff, what were your takeaways from this matchup? Oh, boy. Uh, another one that we both got right. So I do like getting a bunch right this week. Uh, Purdy was pretty perfect this week. Uh, Baker wasn't bad either. Uh, Rashad White is the back that we need him to be right now, and he is a 100% startable fantasy asset, and he should um, he should have been drafted a lot higher than he was. Uh, CMC starts a new TD streak, uh, and Ayuk is, is very good, and he's going to earn his fifth-year option next year. They do have one more year of Ayuk, but he's going to get that uh, fifth-year option money and he's going to earn it too so evans needs 220 yards to continue his 1000 yard streak so that could be coming up in the next two or three weeks here uh and godwin might be benchable or at least he's on the roster bubble for um fantasy purposes i'm not talking about actual football purposes he should be out there every play but fantasy purposes he might be benchable agree or disagree i i can agree with that um the upside is there but the results aren't so i can see benching him uh, especially if you have a pretty good lineup. And I, I think that Kate Otten is someone who could have had a touchdown this past week. And uh, I think that he's had a good stretch of games. So I think he is borderline tight end one, top of the tight end two area. So he's someone that if he's still in free agency, you should pick him up. If you don't have a tight end option or you need a backup going into to playoffs to make sure that you're good to go. My question for you for the 49ers is, should we be seeing more Debo Samuel? I know he only had one carry. I expected him to have a couple more touches than what he had in this matchup. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll see if they can give more touches going forward. Anything else on this matchup? Where do you do you think that the 49ers defense will end up being the number one defense for the, the last stretch of the games? Or do you think that's still going to be like Cleveland or Dallas or the Ravens? Like, I know we don't talk about defenses enough, but... We're getting into fantasy playoff zone very shortly. What defense would you most want to roll with? Niners would be right up there. Dallas would be right up there. Any team that gets turnovers and scores on them, and Dallas seems to do that a lot. Like, I don't know if that's a fluke or what that exactly is. Okay, then. Well, I guess we can move on to yet another game we picked correct, and that was the Jets at the Bills. We both picked the Bills to win, and they sure did. It was enough where the Jets had to officially bench Zach Wilson. They finally gave up on Zach Wilson, put Tim Boyle in. Didn't seem to help much, Jeff. 32-6, to six, Buffalo won that one. What was your take on this matchup? So Zach Wilson's benched, as you had mentioned. He's now the third-string quarterback behind Boyle and Simeon. And I don't really know why they would go with Boyle right now. So that's like a that's interesting to me and we'll see how that pans out and uh the bills finally beat their kryptonite in the jets and forcing the ball to digs now seems to be off the table and shakir shakir seems to be emerging as the second option interesting right well it was mostly off of one really deep pass so he only had three catches one of them was for 81 yards they are targeting him a lot more though they weren't doing that at all to begin the year or last year yeah, uh, but it seemed like they were trying to force feed Dalton Kincaid as well on some some shorter routes. Uh, I wish that they had gotten him more into space and, and on some deeper looks as well. 
Um, I do like that they went back to James Cook this week. I know we had some concerns the previous week that they might not be using him enough, but it looks like he's back on the table. Um, the Jets just look so hapless. They're a team that if Aaron Rodgers was playing, they would be a much deadlier team. They would at least have some offense going. We had talked earlier in the season that you really like Brees Hall. He's super talented, but he has not done much over the past few weeks. Um, it's been very up or down, mostly down because Zach Wilson has regressed again. He started <laughs> to look better, and then <laughs> he just collapses. I feel like I laugh, but I also feel really bad for him because I I just don't think that he has the confidence that he needs. I think he has talent, but he's his confidence is completely gone at this point. And for those of you who started Garrett Wilson or any receiving option, I, I feel really bad for you guys out there. It's not going to get better with Tim Boyle. I don't even think it'll get better with Simeon. Um, at this point, you're hoping that Aaron Rodgers is all of a sudden miraculously healed and comes back. Completely agreed, but also the Jets should not rush him back at this exact moment because they. I think that they should keep their eyes towards next year. There is a rumor out there that they want to try to trade for Devonta Adams in the offseason to reunite him with Rodgers. So we'll see if that actually does happen. But uh, here's to hoping that actually does happen. That, that would be insane, in my opinion. <laughs> I think the Raiders would have still a significant cap hit to be able to, to do that. I don't know at this point what the Jets would even offer to bring him in. I think they probably could make the cap work somehow with uh, letting go some of the free agent receivers that they did. So Hardman, his... Nicole Harmon, his cap should be off the books. Um, they could potentially get out of Lazard's contract, maybe, and maybe fit in Adams's contract there. But I just don't see the incentive for the Raiders to do that unless they really wanted to blow the team up. And right now, they're a team that should be adding pieces and not trading away. So it doesn't make sense to me, except for it makes sense for Aaron Rodgers, and that's pretty much it. Sometimes you do need to save players from themselves. I think this is one of those times. I don't think the Jets even make the playoffs right now. Yeah, I, I seriously doubt it as well. It it seems like the the primary race for the playoffs is outside of the top four division leaders. It's between Cleveland, Houston, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, maybe Denver right now. Unless the Chargers come roaring back at the end. That's really the only way that I would see it. I don't really see Indianapolis as a serious threat. I don't really see the Raiders as a serious threat. I don't see the Jets as a serious threat either. We'll see. I Obviously, what I think that I, I do think the Chargers do come on later in the season, especially if they can fire their head coach. I need to put into the universe, fire Brandon Staley, fire Brandon Staley. Okay, I guess we can move on now to Seattle at the Los Angeles Rams. And I know that you picked the Rams, I picked Seattle. I, I think that it was... A very close game, and Seattle still almost won the game at the end, despite Geno being out for a couple series. They drove down the field to kick a field goal. Granted, it was like a 55-yard field goal, and it missed, but it was awfully, awfully close. And Jeff, I'm just wondering if you sweated at all on that matchup. I sweat it a little bit, but I know the better team won. Um, and I know you'll disagree with that, but I do believe the better team won the matchup. So not only was Geno forced from this matchup for a little while, but Walker was forced from the matchup. Cooper Cup was also forced from the matchup. So this wasn't just a one injury thing. Metcalf had a great game as well, which uh, we want to see from a guy that we took quite high in fantasy drafts. Puka 
is back now that Cup is out. Uh, I don't know how long Cup will be out for, but it's apparently that was the same ankle that he had surgery on. So I do expect him to miss a game or two, but I would 100% go back to starting Puka Nakua every week, throw him into that lineup, set it, forget it, as long as Cup is out. Also, I would probably consider starting Higby again at some point if uh, Cup is back out because he did seem to be the second wide receiver along with Atwell, I guess, in that backfield. We also have Freeman, who appears to have passed Daryl Henderson on, on the running back depth charts. and But it looks like Kyron Williams should be back in week 12. What do you make of that backfield going forward? And uh, what do you make of uh, Puka and Higby and Atwell with the cup being out? No, I, I think Puka is clearly going to be the number one guy with cup out. I think Atwell, the stat sheet doesn't show how well he played in that matchup. He drew two different crucial penalties for pass interference. And I really wish that for stats-wise, they would give the penalty yards to the wide receivers that drew the, the defenders make, made them get a penalty. I wish they'd give them the yards. That would be great. <clears throat> but I, I think, obviously, his targets are going to go up. And I, I think that as long as Stafford stays healthy, those two are going to be the primary beneficiaries. As far as running backs, if Kyron's healthy, he's the number one. Royce might be the number two now, but it looked like they were using Daryl Henderson as the goal line back. So he might get some <laughs> some touchdown. Some, he might vulture some touchdowns here. So that would be interesting to see. Um, for Seattle, Kenneth Walker being out was a significant factor. And Charbonnet, despite the fact that we liked his draft profile, he was very inefficient. He had 15 rushes and only 47 yards. So he wasn't that efficient, but with Kenneth, Kenneth Walker likely out for next week, maybe even two more weeks, I think that just volume-wise, Charbonnet should be a pretty good RB2-3 flex. So it's nice to see DK Metcalf rebound, and I think that he could have had more in this matchup. He had nine targets, only caught five of them. Some of the throws were a little off for him, though. I hope to see more from him. I hope Lockett gets healthy and plays well as well. So we'll see how that goes. I still anticipate Geno Smith starting despite um, hurting his elbow in this matchup. I think he'll still start next week. If they have to put Drew Locke out there, I think uh, they're doomed because Drew Locke, to me, has not looked good in his, his spot starts here. So I don't think he's looked good in relief of Geno. All right. So I think we can move on to the next matchup unless you had anything else in this one. Nope. I think that's it for me. So we have another one that we got correct with the uh, Vikings at Broncos. We both picked Broncos. And Jeff, I'll let you talk about your homeboy for us. So Russ continues to improve with Peyton and the Broncos win yet again. Um, so we both got right here. This was a potential lock. Another lock that would have came down to the wire. Dobbs plays well as well. Um and Madison outtouches Chandler, but Chandler does seem to be the more effective back. I really wish that Minnesota would give Chandler some more carries here going forward. And then Sutton was the only startable pass catcher in this one um, for the Broncos. I, I think for both teams, actually. Uh, anything that I was missing on this matchup, Alex? It was a very, very, very close matchup. And I think that there are moments where it could have gone either way. But to me, Denver was more consistent. And I think that ultimately that proves to be the winner. Russell played well. And I think that, like you've been saying, I think he's continuing to get 
better each week. And I hope that that continues for him and for the Broncos. Um, I would like to see Jerry Judy show up at some point and uh, have a big game, but I'm not sure that's going to happen. And I would like Devonte to have more touches. So that's really it for me. Um, this is a good matchup though. 21, 20. All right. We can move on to the last matchup Monday night football. And Alex, this is where we buck the trend. You got one right. I'll let you break it down since you got one right. <laughs> so I, I picked the Eagles over Kansas City. I just think the Eagles are a better team at this point, And something's not right with the KC offense. Um, I don't know what it's going to take. Maybe, they fi- maybe they'll finally realize that they actually need a wide receiver. And when Travis Kelsey is struggling, that they need someone else because it's clearly not MVS. It's clearly not who they have on the roster right now um they need somebody and i I just think that the eagles are a really good team and i think that they're going to continue getting a lot of wins and might end up with the best record in the league at the end of the season so that's how i feel about the matchup but it really wasn't that high scoring for a lot of fantasy players um i know that jalen hurts had two rushing touchdowns and that really helped and i know that deandre swift had a really good game with 76 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown, but no receiving touchdowns at all for the Philly receivers. Devontae Smith did have six catches for 99 yards. A.J. Brown, one catch for eight yards. That's got a smart for all the A.J. Brown owners out there. Um, I think it's weird for the Kansas City side that uh, Justin Watson would be leading in as the uh, receiver there with 53 yards and a touchdown. So that's weird to see. would like to see more from Rasheed Rice. Still would like to see more from Sky Moore. That hasn't panned out at all this year. I think Valdez Scandling is a really bad receiver, and I think they should stop throwing the ball his way and throw to some of these other guys. But uh, Isaiah Pacheco pulled out just enough to make it worthwhile this week with uh, 89 rushing yards, and I thought he ran pretty well. I'm surprised they didn't use him even a little bit more, but Mahomes didn't look great this matchup, and uh, good win for Philadelphia. Yeah, I completely agree. This was a little bit of a slop fest, though. Um, MVS had a chance to win it at the end, and he just couldn't grab that ball. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what it takes for the Chiefs to get it together. But what you're calling an offensive struggle for the Chiefs was the number one seed in the AFC, the better conference, the Chiefs. So it's not like it's not like this offensive struggle is like, oh my god, like <laughs> the town's on fire. They were still the one seed going into into the game. So. Well, I mean, the Chargers and the Dolphins both have better offenses. Their defenses have just been huge disappointments. Whereas yeah. Kansas City, the, the best thing about their team right now is their defense, which is strange. Yeah, I mean, they have a lot of young receivers. This is what I was trying to tell you about Green Bay. Young receivers and a quarterback, they don't gel very well. So it just takes some time, and and yeah, this is going to take a lot more time. Okay, well, do we have anything else for this uh, this matchup? No, I think we're good on this one, and I'm really sad that I couldn't sweep this week like you swept last week. Uh, I guess it might happen someday, Jeff. So close. All right. That does Next it week. for another <laughs> that does it for another episode of the Never Too Early Fantasy Football Podcast. Thank you all for downloading and listening to this episode. Please don't forget to like and subscribe. Please leave us a comment and share the show. Every little bit helps. You can find us on all podcasting apps by searching n2e fantasy and with our handle at n2e fantasy on all social media platforms please join our community and give us a follow until next time take care of yourselves and remember it's truly never too early for fantasy football thank you again bye everybody